I encourage um, parents to be like cultural anthropologists, right? That you are aware and can study your own family culture and understand what those values were and see that they're not universally true, but but they're not necessarily, one isn't necessarily right or wrong. They just come from different cultures. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. Guys, I've got a great interview for you today. So let me tell you, uh, let's say hi to our guests. I've got uh, Figs O'Sullivan with me here today. Hi, Figs. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me on the show, Michelle. Okay, you're welcome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Blissful Parents, let me tell you a little bit more about Figs. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's a well-known relationships relationship expert and commander-in-chief to the top therapist in San Francisco. As the founder of Empathy, Fig's proprietary process provides relationship support and guidance to tens of thousands of couples and individuals who care about the quality of their relationships. Today, we're going to dive into all about all, all sorts of things. But I think, you know, one of the most interesting things is that how our family relationships are growing up really can infect uh, and, and make an impact on how we parent or how we're triggered by our kids. So. Let's dive up there, Figs, and uh, oh my gosh, help us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah parents need to go to therapy, I think, first before we can become parents. That should be mandatory, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, parenting, I always say, is is the most humbling um, self development course, mm-hmm. right? Like it's all you're Great. always going to meet the parts of yourself that need some work, right? That you where you're not going to be yourself at best, right? Your kids. Right. Are going to trigger you right so 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 yeah in terms of you know how your own childhood impacts your ability to parent mm-hmm. uh, my work is primarily based on one theory um, one theory is the foundation of it and that's attachment theory mm-hmm. i don't know if you've talked about attachment theory on your show before yes, you haven't. no 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 so attachment theory is based is the best theory we have of, like to understand human development and in short, like we all need to be emotionally bonded from the cradle to the grave. And so most people understand the cradle part as parents, right? That when a baby is born, you yourself as a parent, your children, their first needs are not food and shelter. 
their mm-hmm. first need is to have a good enough other on the other side of their birth that is going to be there for them so that they don't die. Like literally, right? Yeah. So 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 our organism, right, of our physiology is built to detect is our primary person there for us. Right. And there's different flavors of being there for us, so different different people are sensitive to different flavors of there for us, mm-hmm. right? So one person is like, are you physically there for me? Another, do you see me? Another person is like, why am I never good enough for you? Let's just call right. them all flavors of being right. there. Mm-hmm. But but so the, the most the most important mechanism in relationship is this like attachment like sensitivity that is my person there for me and if it looks like they're not there for me your organism actually experiences an an existential threat so a baby let's say there's no mom or good enough other whoever the you know the caregiver is on the other side of their birth if it's not the birth mother the baby is absolutely right to cry out right they're they're facing an existential threat Right. I'm sure you've heard this. Right. A baby will die from lack of touch quicker than lack of food. Right. So 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 basically, you know, that doesn't change throughout your lifespan. Mm -hmm. Like you've grown up and you might think now because I'm a grown up, I can drive a car. I can fiddle around with my iPhone. Right. That you're like, you know, that you're really competent. But when it comes to love, we're all still little babies inside. Mm So whatever your personal sensitivities, your mm-hmm. attachment, emotional bonding sensitivities, you're going to actually play those out with your spouse, co-parent, you know, you know, you're, you're going to play all of that stuff out with them. So if you're sensitive, like to why am I not a priority to you? You're going to be triggered in that. Of course, you're going to believe it really is just your spouse that is making you feel that it's nothing to do right. with your own childhood sensitivities. And of course, most likely, if that's the case, you're going to tell your spouse or co-parent, um, hey, how come you didn't come home at 5 p.m. like you said you would? And they'll probably be sensitive to a different flavor right. of attachment Mm-hmm. right like how come you're always disappointed in me when i do the very best i can to get across vancouver traffic to see you right, right? <laughs> but um you know um and so so these dynamics are unavoidable inside of a relationship between two people that love each other mm-hmm. and then of course they're definitely going to come up in between two people that are parents because you really need each other Right. right. When you're parenting, you know, school age kids together. Yeah. And most likely you have very different parenting styles. <laughs> most likely. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, this is the other way I think about it is like, you know, when you're born into a family, you're born into a culture and part of that culture values. Um, and that's like, say, a goldfish bowl. And mm-hmm. that goldfish bowl is the way it is. The water, if you've got crystal clear water, but jagged rocks on the bottom like that's just the goldfish bowl you know and let's right. say jagged rocks are we keep a clean house right <laughs> that's an important value well that's just the way you think the world is and that's a flavor of loveness that has mm-hmm. been clean now you meet your spouse at a rave uh, because and you like them because they were an amazing um dancer 
-hmm. and they had a great glow stick. I mean, this is back <laughs> in the day, clearly, right? Um, and they I'm didn't grow up. Maybe burning that, but still relevant. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's true. That's yeah. Cool. So, so you know, the, your 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 partner, right, spouse. They have. They grew up in a different family culture, different fish bowl, right? Where they didn't have jagged rocks. Let's say love means a house is clean. They had love means that as you leave the house for school. You get a little hug and a, a squeeze of both your cheeks. And and your your parent looks you in the eye. Right? And so that's a value now that I bring with me. And I believe because all I knew growing up was that fishbowl, I then bring those values. I didn't even realize I had them as this is the way love is. Mm -hmm. Love is providing a clean house. And then, of course, my spouse doesn't care about leaving their socks on the ground. And I'm like, how could you? <laughs> right? Like, it, like because yeah. it is universally true that people that love and care about each other, they do not leave socks on the floor. <laughs> right? And they don't think, like, the person doesn't even realize that's what they're saying. Like, <laughs> they don't even realize, look, I've, I've, I've been, I have now assigned deep emotional bonding <laughs> meaning to the house being clean. Right. I actually think, oh, it's just the value. Well, no, nah, like, like it's only a value because you've assigned this deep emotional bonding <laughs> meaning to it. And the same with like, look, with someone leaving the house, if your parent doesn't look in the eye and squeeze your cheeks, right, you know, acknowledge you, they like, oh, how could you? <laughs> Um, and so, so this is where, like, you know, I want to encourage people to, like, look, hold on a second. You got to be a little bit of a cultural anthropologist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I encourage um, parents to be like cultural anthropologists, right? That you are aware and can study your own family culture and understand what those values were and see that they're not universally true. When I grew up, you had to eat everything on your plate right now listen that's a decent value but it's not a universally true that is a good thing right and then let's say someone else like grows up in a in a family culture right and i'd be an anthropologist where i can see when i grew up it was really important to let kids be self-directed and only eat what they needed it's a really good value Right. But but they're not necessarily one isn't necessarily right or wrong. They just come from different cultures. And then you're going to get together and you're creating your own culture. And so hopefully you can be very respectful and curious about like, you know, not see your own point of view as a universal truth. Right. And you can be curious about your own and the other person's values and where they came from. Right. And then should um, couples then create the values that they both believe in strongly and then incorporate that together in their own fishbowl? Then? Well, so this is what's interesting. When you say should they incorporate together values that are really important to them, I would just think it's most important that they actually are willing to be curious about where this value comes from and like mm -hmm. see it and be able to see what is the primary emotional bonding significance of this value. Cause the value right. in and of itself is not that important. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know it sounds really weird and people are mm-hmm. going to like, they may not like it. Let's say you, you have a value of like a disciplined child is a good yeah. child. <laughs> right. And then let's say the opposite of that is kind child is a good child. Right. Right. You want to be able to like, let's just say that's an, a, a disciplined child is a good child. That's an outcome of a process. That's right. the output, that statement, that value. Mm-hmm. So now we got to reverse engineer from the value. Where did that come from inside of me? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- where does that come from? Right? Well, that came from the family culture, the society, my own internal experiences, and whether that's I, I got too much discipline and I, I've internalized it or I didn't get enough and now I'm rebelling against not enough and I'm I will be providing discipline for my children, right? Like, like it's just really important to know where where does this value come from? And 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 realize, ah, for flip sake, sure, this is a secondary creation as a result of my vulnerable experiences as a human being. Right. Right. And the same with the other person, like a kind child is a good child, right? Like, wait a second, instead of assuming this is a value, look, you know, and of course, I, I would tend to that one myself, but instead of going like, this is just true wait a second, where does that come from inside of me? And then ideally, we've got two parents that could actually share what they discovered, mm-hmm. not just argue their point. Right. <laughs> discipline, discipline creates strong, successful little capitalists and the world is scary, right? <laughs> like now you're really just trying to convince the other person of your value or like kind children, we need more of them in the world, a world that is facing like whatever you're instead of trying to um, change the other person's point of view. Like, could you actually share what you discovered about yourself, where this really comes from inside of you? Now, from that place, like, then like, hopefully you're open and flexible, right? Like to what actually makes sense, you know? Like, let me give you an example from my own relationship. Like, I did grow up in a Irish, you know, from Ireland, like going to the farm as a kid. And I was basically told, like, look, when you're a real man, you'll be able to eat that entire saucepan of potatoes. Mm-hmm. And if you left food on your plate, it was a crime against the starving children in Africa. Right. right? So I did grow up with this value that, like, you have to eat everything on your plate. You do. <laughs> Like it's it's really bad, morally bad. It's 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 unthinkable. Makes it sound so ridiculous. <laughs> well, the, well, I know, but this is the thing. So I I know where it comes from inside right. me. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous, right? It is ridiculous. I you know I, I saw a comedian recently going, "How was I helping children in Africa by eating all this food?" <laughs> right? You know, but but um, and my my wife, I actually think it's really good, but I'm not able to override that deeply held cultural value every all the time you know the kids should be self-directed have their own relationship if they don't want to eat anymore they don't eat anymore but we put that food in the fridge and when they're ready to eat that's what they're gonna have to, they're they then get to eat the food they didn't eat mm. right but they develop their own relationship with food and it's unbelievable my kids are like fine with one cookie <laughs> like it's unbelievable yeah. they they actually self-regulate themselves so i actually see her value it mm-hmm. pains me it works right <laughs> it's really yeah. good right my kids relationship to food is unbelievably good 
And yet there's still going to be times where we're sitting at the breakfast table and I've made eggs and toast and the kids haven't touched it. And I'm like, you mm. <laughs> it's children all over the world with no breakfast. And look at you heading off to school with the food left on your plate. Right. I'm not able to override it, but at least afterwards and we might my wife and I might get in an argument about it. But at least afterwards, I'm able to be curious about myself and see where it comes from. And then be and then be willing to take on. Like, I think you're right. right. I do like it, even if I have my moments of not being able to be consistent. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's so funny. The way, you, the way you lay it out like that really makes it sound funny. <laughs> sounds right. Like, yeah, it sounds more fun than those actual conversations that sometimes happen. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, by the way, you know, growing up in Ireland, I, I don't think like it's, you know, and I'm like 51. Right. So in the 70s, I don't even realize how ever present the starving children of Africa were. <laughs> yeah. Like really so much of what you you what was right to do or not to do. You had to think about the starving children in Africa. Right? It's crazy now yeah. when you look back. Right. Yeah, um, I wonder what our kids will look back on, like what we're doing now. <laughs> Do you believe I they know. ever told us that? Like, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So now empathy is such a such an innate thing that we want to mm. really create those connections with our children and our significant other. Um, any suggestions for how parents can help um, yeah. use empathy to connect? Yeah, well, so let's just do, I think, like, with our kids, right? Well, look, with each other, again, like, the key components to empathy is that, I'll just list them off, but it's like one whole experience. One is you can accept the other person's experience as true. Mm-hmm. You can validate them. Mm-hmm. And accepting the other person's experience as true is... um People just don't even realize they don't do it. Someone tells me they're thirsty and I go, are you sure? Or they say, someone tells me I'm hungry and I say, are you sure you haven't, you've had enough water? They tell me they're hungry and I'm already like discounting their experience. Are you sure it's not something else? I have a headache. Well, have you had a, a pill? Did yeah. you take any ibuprofen? It's like, Jesus Christ, would you, would you take a moment to accept the person has a headache and acknowledge them and headaches suck, validate them? Mm. Um, so the person has to feel like you actually heard them, you were with them before you try and change their experience. Right. <laughs> and so we skip and, that step you know, sometimes, don't we? <laughs> was that? So we skip that step sometimes. We skip we? that. And by the way, and we especially skip, we might skip it with our spouses, partners, and we especially skip it with our kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They're crying. They're upset about some, something. Someone took their teddy bear and they're mad as hell. And we're like, ah, for flip's sake, I'll get you another teddy bear, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Like whatever way we've, we haven't accepted their experience and we can't validate them. We have to change them. We have to get them to feel better. So the first thing is like, look, it does make sense. Like I see you absolutely are mad as hell. And it absolutely makes sense. If some other little snot nosed kid robbed my teddy bear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, adding color just for, I would <laughs> not it. call anyone else's kid a snot-nosed kid. I haven't laughed this much in an interview in a long time. <laughs> Mine are snot-nosed kids. Um, but, but like, look, I would be mad as hell too, mm. right? Like, so that's the first thing, just being able to accept and validate. And then ideally you can have feelings towards the other person. Mm. It's actually really sad. Like you, they actually can see that, I really get how you'd be hurting and I feel for you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling that upset with you. 
So that just calms someone, right? Like that the connection is there. You're feeling with me right now what I'm feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Now, probably most important though is let's say something goes wrong between you, a parent and a child. Probably the greatest place that you can use empathy is really getting like, you know, let's say my my son asked to see, he's only allowed to use the iPad on the weekends. And he asked me for the 20th time on Friday morning, right? <laughs> like for an iPad. And I'm like, listen, you little ferret. <laughs> There's no iPad for you. Now, again, I don't call him a ferret. <laughs> right? But I, I, I'm enjoying it now, right? Absolutely. Listen, you little ferret. There's no iPad for you. And he's really <laughs> mad. And he's like, don't you talk to me like that. And I said, listen, I've had it up to here with you. Right. And so he's really upset. Right. Later, I go back because I realized, look, I shouldn't have talked to him that way. Like, like I shouldn't. And I'm going to tell him, hey, look, I shouldn't. I'm not going to like you, you've got to stop asking for your iPad. I, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Mm-hmm. Right. It was mean. I hurt your feelings. I really get it. What's it like to hear dad say that he was absolutely wrong to talk to you that way? Right. Was it feel like inside to hear me acknowledge I was re- I was wrong? I was mm-hmm. I shouldn't have talked you that way. Right. And so and that that like I'm helping him get in touch with what it feels like inside. Mm-hmm. Right. Himself and then being with him in that experience. Like he gets to feel himself. He like, wow, here's a grown up accepting that I was upset. I like accepting that they shouldn't have talked that way, even if I am annoying. And, um, <laughs> you know, and he's allowing me to have my feelings and he's willing to feel those feelings with me and be there in it with me. I- I'm blown away all the time how my kids let out almost every time in that moment of repair. Right. <sighs> yeah. Right. A big exhale. And and those experiences are huge. Right. And I'm often I'm often trying to invite them. Can you see me see you? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like see if I can maximize and stretch out that moment that right. they feel themselves hurting and they feel me being there with them, mm. right? Um, so that they can trust that because here's the the hardest thing in relationship is I got hurt before and how could I trust that if I lay my heart open to now that I won't get hurt again. Right. And to grow like strong children, you want them to be, you want them to know that um, I could actually risk connecting and it not working out. So those moments of repair build their trust and ability right. to, to not take their marbles and go home mm-hmm. like after they got right. the feeling. <laughs> yeah. And be open to that connection again. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's so important. Yeah. Amazing. Now, you can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? And you have uh, a quiz for parents to yeah. go check out at empathy.com, with spelled with an I, so E M P A T H I dot com. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's empathy with an I in the end, not a Y in the end dot com because I couldn't afford empathy right. with a Y in the end. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good second choice, though. <laughs> I know. I had to just like, you know, Jimmy rig. Um, <laughs> I think, what do you call it here in America? Not Jimmy rig, Jerry rig. um but but okay but so basically we provide couples therapy marriage therapy couples Mm -hmm. therapy whatever your preference like you know to call it um for you know anybody that love each other and are really annoying each other (laughs) 
And then we help we help them get back to loving each other again. And we work with a lot of parents because I have a I, I have a five year old and an eight year old myself. Mm-hmm. And we did develop this web app for couples where you yeah. can take the one of you takes the quiz. It'll tell you who you are in love and relationship from an attachment perspective. Mm-hmm. You can then invite your significant other. Mm-hmm. They then take the quiz. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, they'll get their self-discovery report. And then most importantly, we combine your results. So you see who you are as one entity together cool. yeah. and like how um, you get into negative systems and what you have to do to get out of it. And that whole thing is free. Cool. And then we That's send these awesome. like, I don't even know, is it daily or weekly little personalized emails given your answers yeah. that just kind of give you a little gentle invite cool. to stay inside of the frame of remembering when you think your spouse is unbelievably annoying. It's probably because you're not feeling loved and hurting. And it's because they're really important to you. That kind of like reframed that they will probably stop you. You were just about to slash their tires and you realize, you know, the reason I'm feeling that way is because I love them. Like we we've had a lot of um, tire companies reach out saying we've um, We've hurt their business <laughs> yeah. because we stopped spouses <laughs> taking such drastic actions. Uh, I heard a friend call it love darts. I'm sending love, love darts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> lots, lots of them. Um, we should sell love darts. That's yeah, <laughs> that's great. That would probably sell more than the couple's therapy. <laughs> right. right. Awesome. Well, Figs, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, I don't think I've laughed this much in an interview in a long time. So thank you for making it fun, too. <laughs> great, great. I, this is the, I don't know if it's good for me or sad because I wasn't trying to be funny. But like, <laughs> wow. I'm going to have to like process this. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you, Michelle. Really lovely to meet you. And thank you so much for having me on your show. You are so welcome. And we hope to have you back again someday. Blissful Parents, Brilliant. make sure you head over to empathy.com. Check it out. Take the quiz. That's empathy with an I-E-M-P-A-T-H-I. So thank you so much, Figs. We'll talk Cheers. to you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox that address again www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox register today and we'll see you on the inside